Hello, good morning. My name is Davis Pamigwe. Today, I want to talk to you about a message titled, All Things Are Yours. In the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 21 to 22, the Bible reads, and I say, Therefore, let no one boast in men, for all things are yours, whether Paul or Apollos or Cephas or the world or life or death, or the present or the future, all things are yours. This same verse in the Passion Translation says it this way. So don't be proud of your allegiance to any human leader, for actually you already have everything. It has already been given to you for your benefit, whether it is Paul or Apollos or Peter the Rock, or whether it is the world or life or death, or whether it is the present or the future. Everything belongs to you. And now you are joined to the Messiah who is joined to God. This portion of scripture was written by Apostle Paul to the church at Corinth, who were bickering among themselves and choosing sides. Essentially, these believers have what I call a party spirit, where they are claiming allegiance to one spiritual leader above another. Paul describes such behavior as a mindset ruled by the flesh. Christians who exhibit party spirit or seditious behavior are classed as immature infants in Christ. This is what is referred to as being carnal, that is, a mindset dominated by the flesh instead of the spirit of God. In 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 1, the Passion Translation says, Brothers and sisters, when I was with you, I found it impossible to speak to you as those who are spiritually matured people. For you are still dominated by the mindset of the flesh, and because you are immature infants in Christ. Notice that Paul still call them brothers and sisters, which means they still belong in the family. This means their salvation here is not in question, but their growth. How do you know you are a carnal Christian? When you rank higher the word of your pastor above the word of God. When you allow yourself to be drawn into factions in the church. When you exhibit a them and, and an us mentality, instead of seeing all believers as one in Christ. When you boast in your denomination and condemn other denominations. When you allow God's truth to be dumbed down because you are seeking to curry favor from some eminent person and so on and so forth. First Corinthians 3 verse 3 in the Passion Translation says, Is there jealousy among you? Do you compare yourselves with others? Do you quarrel like children and end up taking sides? If so, this proves that you are living your lives centered on yourselves dominated by the mindset of the flesh and behaving like unbelievers. Here the Bible says jealousy, comparing oneself to another and quarreling are symptoms of carnality. And carnality is nothing more than living self-centered and self-absorbed lives. A Christian who behaves like this is acting like an unbeliever, even though he or she is not. So anyone looking from the outside may think that such a person is an unbeliever, but the truth is, they are not. They just need their minds to be renewed to the truth of who they are in Jesus. And if they embrace their identity in Jesus, carnality will be overthrown by a life led by the Spirit of God. Paul described that the antidote to carnality is to remember that you are, you are already a possessor of God, which means you are already possessed by God the possessor of all things or the owner of all things and therefore because you are already possessed by God 
God lives right now on the inside of you. Because God lives right now on the inside of you, all things already belong to you. This is a truth that we need to remember. Believers ought to be reminded continuously not to forget who they are and what they have in Jesus. 1 Corinthians chapter 3 verse 4 in the Passion Translation says, For when you divide yourself up in groups, a Paul group and an Apollos group, you are acting like someone or people without the Spirit's influence. When you look down on another Christian denomination because they don't belong to your church, then you are being carnal. We all belong into one body, and that is called the body of Christ. Remember, Jesus Christ did not die to set up denominations, but his death benefits everyone who believes in him. 1 Corinthians 3 verse 16 says, Don't you realize that together you have become God's inner sanctuary and that the Spirit of God makes his permanent home in you? The body of Christ, the church, has, has collectively become God's inner sanctuary or his dwelling place. God is reminding us all not to forget this truth, which is this. The Spirit of God makes his permanent home in you. I'll say that again. The Spirit of God makes his permanent home in you. The Spirit of God makes his permanent home in you. This is amazing. You know why? Because in the Old Testament, God revealed his presence in the physical temple by filling that temple with a cloud of glory. But under the New Testament, God's inner sanctuary is now the church. We are God's inner sanctuary because God dwells among us by his spirit. God dwells in every believer and God dwells collectively in every believer and as a whole, it dwells in the church. Every believer is infilled by the spirit of God. Or the extent of the manifestation of the life of God in the believer depends entirely on how yielded we are to the Spirit of God that lives in us. One way to yield to the Spirit of God is to never forget what 1 Corinthians chapter 3 verse 23 says. And this is what he says. And now you are joined to the Messiah who is joined to God. Let that sink into your spirit that you are now joined to the Messiah who is joined to God. You are so united with Jesus that there is no such thing as you being separated from him. You are joined to the Messiah who is now joined to God. You have become a threefold cord interwoven together that cannot be easily broken. Now, if you are joined to God of the universe, that means you already complete in him. I'll say that again. Now, if you are truly joined to the God of the universe because of your union with Jesus, then it means that you are already complete in him, lacking nothing. Colossians chapter 2 verse 10 shares this view too. It says, And our completeness is now found in him. We are completely filled with God as Christ's fullness overflows within us. That blesses me so much. The Bible here says, Our completeness is now found in him. And we are completely filled with God because Christ's fullness overflows within us. He is the head of every kingdom and authority in the universe. The Bible here says you are complete in him. If you are complete in him and you carry this consciousness that Christ's fullness overflows within you, then there will not be any need for you to develop what I call a victim mentality or a sense of insecurity. Because my brother and my sister, all things are already yours in the beloved. Listen, when a sense of insecurity in your abilities, in your job, 
in your ministry, in your theology, tempts you to attach yourself to someone stronger, someone more competent, someone more esteemed or more gifted or more secure. Don't do it. You don't need to do it because all things are yours. When a sense of out of the way insignificance in a world of social media and publishing and growing churches and conference speaking and metro urban cultural emphasis tempts you to attach yourself to someone or some group that is more prominent, more shrewd, more published, more successful, more admired, more obeying. Don't do it. You don't need to do it because all things are yours. When the cravings for the kudos that come from being in the know about the latest prominent music group or athletic team or movie or pastor or theologian or book or mobile app or political guru tempt you to attach yourself to them, please don't do it. You don't need to do it because all things are yours. When the craving for secondhand significance and worth and power and authority tempts you to grasp for it vicariously by boasting in men, please don't do it. You don't need to do it because all things are yours. You are not the victim of this world. You own it. The world is not your master. It is your servant. From the, from the most beneficial beauties to the most malignant cancers, everything in the world belongs to you. Everything in it and everything that happens on this world is working to you, is working together for your greatest and longest good. Life is yours, beloved. Every breath you take, every beat of your heart, every chemical transaction in your body, every day you face, every night you sleep, every movement you make, every word, every deed, every relationship, every accomplishment, every plan, whether failed or successful, every emotion that arises, every thought that passes, every book read, every line tweeted, every text sent, every conversation, every gift given, everything committed, all of it, all of your life is yours. You don't belong to life. Life belongs to you. You are not attached to life. Life is attached to you. Life follows you. Life, all of it, serves you forever. Death is yours. What do I mean by that? Well, the Bible says, oh, death, where's your sting? Well, truth is, death is on God. God got us empty cross. Ah, praise God. Because Christ conquered death for you. Death, where is your victory? Well, victory, the victory that God has over death can, can be seen by the empty grave outside of Jerusalem. Then what are you, death? Well, death says, I'm your servant. I serve you while you live to make you wise and serious and fruitful. And I will serve you when you die to bring you home to Jesus. Praise God. And to all eternity, I will serve you from the lake of fire, reminding you of what you have been spared from. What this is saying is that death, when because death itself will be cast into the lake of fire. And when you see that while you are with Jesus and you see death thrown into the lake of fire, you know what you have been spared from. You do not belong to death. Death belongs to you. Death is your servant. Death is a servant to teach you, to let you know that one day when you leave this earth, you are going to be with the Lord Jesus. Now, the present is yours. This present time is yours. All things are yours right now. All things do not be, begin to serve you at some time in the future. They are serving you right now. Every moment of your life is yours. Every moment is your servant. Every moment is a stroke of the divine brush of God on the canvas of the final masterpiece called you. Every moment, the sad moment, the happy moment, the fearful moment, the bold moment, the lonely moment, the grieving moment, the ecstatic moment, the sleeping moment, all the moments is yours. The present is yours. You are not the slave of time. 
you are not a slave of chance. You are not a slave of any sequence of events. No, you own them. They are yours. They belong to you. They serve you. They are God's emissaries to bring you to glory and make you glorious. Finally, the future is yours. Nothing will come to you in the future. Whether it is the future of 10 seconds from now or 10 days from now or 10 months from now or 10 years or 10 decades or 10 centuries or 10 millennia or in fact or 10 ages of millennia, nothing will come to you that is not your servant. You do not belong to the future. In fact, the future belongs to you. Everything that will come to pass from this moment on will work to your advantage. You will shine like the sun in the kingdom of your father. You'll be kings. You'll be a king. You'll be a priest. You will judge angels. You will have bodies like Jesus' glorified body. You will be over two cities or five or ten. You'll be a pillar in the temple of God. God will be your God and walk with you his friend, as his friend, as his child. You will sit with Jesus on his throne. You will never, ever sin again. You will know and grow in immeasurable pleasures forever. And you'll be the fullness of him who feels all in all. The future is yours. Therefore, my brother and my sister, I say to you, do not boast in men for all things are already yours. Whether they are, whether they are poor, whether this person is Paul or Apollos or Cephas or the world or life or death, the present or the future, all are yours. How can this be? Because you are Christ and Christ is God's. You are Christ. You belong to him the way a hand belongs to a body, the way a bride belongs to a husband, the way a subject belongs to a king, the way a brother belongs to a brother in one family. How do you know if you are Christ? Romans chapter 8 verse 9 says, anyone who does not have the spirit of Jesus is not his. Now, if you have the spirit of Jesus, then you are his. So I ask you, did you receive the spirit of God by the works of the law or by, the, by hearing of faith? The Bible says we received by the hearing of faith. When you heard by faith, God came to you in his word, the gospel that you heard. And by that word, created life in you and you believed and in believing what you have heard, the spirit was received. And this spirit that you have received from God is not the spirit of slavery, making you to feel unworthy or that you are not good enough, but it's the spirit of sonship. That spirit of sonship bears witness with your spirit that you are a child of God. And therefore, if you're a child of God, then you are an heir of God. You are an heir of God and you are fellow heir with Christ Jesus. Romans chapter 8, verse 16 to 17 in the Passion Translation says it this way, For the Holy Spirit makes God's fatherhood real to us. As he whispers into our innermost being, you are God's beloved child. And since we are his true children, we qualify to share all his treasures. Listen to that. You qualify to share the treasures of God. For indeed, we are heirs of God himself. And since we are joined to Christ, we also inherit all that he is and all that he has. We will experience being co-glorified with him, provided we accept his suffering as our own. What this is saying is that as long as you accept that Christ already suffered for you, you can be sure that you will experience being co-glorified with him. Essentially, he's saying you must be able to identify with his death, burial, resurrection, and ascension. Praise God forevermore. When you carry this consciousness that you died with him, you were raised with him, you ascended with him, and now you are seated together with him in the heavenly places, then you, you will live your life with that consciousness and all things are yours from that point forward. You remember, a believer might have all things, but they may not experience it. But to experience this, these things that are already yours, you must carry this consciousness. All things are yours because you are Christ. You are Christ's body. 
you are Christ's bride. You are Christ's subject. You are Christ's siblings. You are Christ's fellow heir. And why does belonging to Christ make all things yours? Because Christ is God's. You are Christ's and Christ is God's. Christ is God's son. Christ is God's word. In John chapter 1 verse 1, Christ is God's image. 2 Corinthians chapter 4 verse 4, Christ is God's beloved. Matthew chapter 17 verse 5, Christ is God's radiance. Hebrews chapter 1 verse 3, Christ is God's essence. Hebrews chapter 1 verse 3, Christ is God's head. Hebrews chapter 1 verse 2. And all that God the Father is, or all that God the Father can be or can do for one like himself, he is and he does for Jesus. <laughs> Praise God. And because you are Christ's, all the Father is, all the Father can be, all the Father can do for a creature, he is and does for you because you are Christ. As you round up, here's the final word. Therefore, do not boast in men. Do not boast in things. In things, do not do not boast in people. Do not boast in association. Do not boast in political parties. Do not boast in people that you know. Boast in Christ. Be done with all worry and all feelings of insecurity and all fears of insignificance and all craving for secondhand importance. Do your work in the deep, solid, unshakable confidence and peace that no matter what comes to you in this world. Whether they are tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword, that all things are already yours and all things will serve your glory. Praise God. Whether these things are Paul or Apollos or Cephas or the world or life or death or the present or the future, all things are already yours and you are Christ and Christ is God. Praise God forevermore. God bless you and I'll speak to you another time.